Today's episode is brought to you by OakleySign.com. Realtors across the country choose OakleySign.com because they offer the widest selection of high-quality, affordable, custom real estate signs backed by a best price guarantee and free design services. Whether you are a new agent, opening a new office, transforming your brand identity, or simply need fresh signs to work for your market, Oakley's real estate and design experts produce signs you will be proud to display. Get 50% off your next custom sign order when you go to oakleysign.com forward slash keeping it real or use promo code keep it real at checkout. And now onto our show. And welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with Toby Fernie from Coldwell Banker out in Monterey, California. Before we get to Toby, just a couple of quick reminders. If you'd like to support our show and help us continue to grow, the best way you can do that is by telling a friend. Think of one other real estate professional that could benefit from hearing from top producers like Toby about how they became successful and send them a link to our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com. On that website, you can stream every episode we've ever done. So even if the person you're sending our website to is not a podcast person, no worries. They can just play any episode they can, uh, they want to right from the browser. And also, please follow us on Facebook. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash keepingitrealpod. Not only do we have every episode we've ever produce there. We also have uh, daily posts that are going to help you grow your real estate practice. So again, that's facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. Thanks as always for continuing to listen and we can't appreciate you enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And now on to our interview with Toby Fernie. Today on the show, we have Toby Ferdy from Coldwell Banker in Monterey, California. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Toby. Toby started his real estate career in Boston while studying at Boston College, became a realtor in Boston for five years. After that, he switched careers and spent 10 years teaching elementary school in Boston, but not just Boston, also Panama, Spain, Singapore, and California. Now, close to four years ago, he decided to re-enter the real estate field full-time, and he now works at Coldwell Banker in Monterey. As a former teacher, he's made it his goal to help as many local educators find affordable housing to prevent teacher turnover in his community. He's helped over 20 employees of Monterey schools purchase a home in the last two years. Now, while he helps clients, of course, outside of uh, teachers purchase and sell homes too, uh, his proudest accomplishment in Monterey, California is one of, you know, working with teachers because it is one of the most expensive and exclusive counties in the entire country. So he is trying to solve a problem that is very serious, which is how do we get educators to be able to afford housing in this super uh, expensive area? And that is why we are so excited to have him on the show. Please uh, visit him, visit Toby at his website, which is livinginmontereycalifornia.com. Toby, welcome to the show. DJ, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. I'm a big fan of the show. 
Well, we are, uh, I am, uh, well, thank you. That's very nice. And uh, we're, I'm such a big fan of, of your whole uh, mission and, and niche. I was actually just telling the uh, couple of the other guys here in the office, I said, cause I do interviews all the time and I rarely uh, go around saying, I got this really interesting interview coming up because they probably don't want to hear about it to begin with, but also it's not usually ever, sometimes it's a lot of the same stories over and over, but we were really intrigued uh, by you in particular because uh, of this problem that I never thought about, which we're going to get into, which is how do you keep teachers uh, wanting to stay in areas that are largely unaffordable or, or certainly more expensive than uh, what what maybe their compensation would would allow for. Um, but before we get to that, uh, definitely want to hear a little bit about your story. Of course, we just told, told a little bit about it, but can you tell us a little bit about your journey? You know, from uh, from you know when you, from Boston all the way to uh, to Monterey. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I started uh, back in Boston College. Uh, a friend of mine, sure. he was an upperclassman, and he had been uh, doing real estate for for a number of years there. And uh, the way that housing works at Boston College, uh, most people only get three years of housing. So every mm. single person, you know, for the most part, has to go off campus for at least one year. So most people, you know, go off campus during their junior year. Uh, and it's one of those things where, you know, there's about 10 different streets where people were looking for, for houses and apartments. And so I got started doing real estate there, uh, did real estate for, for about five years uh, at the office there, uh, mostly rentals, but then also sure. uh, got into some sales as well. Uh, as I started my teaching career for, for a couple of years uh, in Boston before doing some, some international teaching. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I think Boston oftentimes, outside of the people that live there that know this, of course, but for the rest of us, you know, we hear a lot about uh, Southern California and, and even Northern California, and of course, uh, New York and, and some other areas like that uh, as being, of course, very expensive. We Boston often gets overlooked and it is one of the most expensive places to live, uh, certainly buying a place, uh, but also even renting. It's it's so insane there. So I imagine, you know, now that I was thinking about it, it's like, oh, you actually were already in one of the more challenging, uh, you know, cities to, to, to sort of find housing for people. Um, and now you're, of course, doing uh, Doing, doing a very similar thing. Um, but you, you know, you've, you were a teacher and you got to teach, uh, not just in this country, but you went, uh, you went to some other, other places, um, including, uh, gosh, you went to Central America, you went to, you know, to, to the, you know, Western Europe, uh, Eastern Europe. Um, and, uh, tell us, can you tell us a little bit about those travels? Yeah. So my main goal after I had, had finished college and was, was teaching in Boston was I, I really wanted to get fluent in Spanish. Mm. Uh, so I went to a, a seminar, a housing, uh, not a housing, excuse me, <laughs> a, a teaching conference uh, with a company called Search Associates. And that was in Boston and schools from all over the, the world come in and, and do interviews with, with teachers there. Uh, so when I started out, I, I only applied for, for Spanish speaking countries, ended up getting a job in, in Panama and, and teaching there for two years. Uh, you know, it was at a time I was young, no, you know, no kids, no, no mortgage payment, anything like that. So I wanted to, to travel. Uh, my parents were, were thankfully able to, to help my brother and I do some travel with them when we were kids. So, uh, you know, we got the, the travel bug from them. I studied abroad sure. in Italy when I was in college. Uh, and so I was always interested in, in wanting to, to travel again and, and do some work abroad too. So I uh, started for two years in Panama uh, and got 
pretty good at Spanish when I was there and wanted to, to keep, you know, improving my Spanish. Uh, I've always kind of been interested in Italy and Spain, that part of the world. So I went and taught in Valencia, Spain for three years. Uh, these were all at international or American schools. So it was teaching in English uh, to students that, that were, you know, either English speakers or wanting to learn English. Uh, and then I did one year teaching in Singapore before coming back and teaching at the International School of Monterey, which is what uh, brought me to California and eventually, you know, how I trans transitioned back into real estate uh, here in here in Monterey. Wow. Well, I have, uh, I was, when you were mentioning Singapore and this is really off topic, but I'll just really quickly mention it. I, I actually got a chance to, I was in Singapore just coincidentally about I don't know, maybe 12 years ago uh, during Chinese new year. And I was visiting, I was actually, I, I was on a trip to Bali at the time and on the way sort of back stopped over in Singapore for, for th uh, three, three nights or, or four nights. And I, uh, of course, that's such an amazing city because it's the cleanest. I think it's still considered the cleanest city in the, in, in the world, yeah. um, or certainly one of, uh, because they have very strict rules about, about littering and things of that nature. Of course, everyone knows about gum and all of that, but, but, um, I remember that's also, I remember Singapore being at a very exclusive, uh, seemingly, you know, probably challenging place to live, um, as well. But I remember when I was there for Chinese new year, which was really cool, just coincidentally was there during that time. Uh, it was the most, it was like, it was like a million people in the streets. It was the most behaved group of people I've ever <laughs> witnessed. And, and I went, boy, nobody's like throwing bottles and screaming and, and, uh, you know, and it's like, oh, they're not allowed to do that. That's right. And I thought, boy, uh, you know, maybe some of those rules might, might be helpful over here, but, uh, uh but it was, it was <laughs> yeah. the most polite, it was the largest polite new year's Eve celebration I have ever been a part of. And it was, it was really neat. I loved Singapore. It was fun. Uh, I don't, the, I don't know the, that I, I don't think I could afford to live there, but, but it was really, really beautiful. Yeah. It's expensive too, but that's, I mean, that's one of the things I love about travel, right. Is getting those, those cultural experiences to, yeah. you know, just, and you ended up in, you know, Chinese new year in Singapore and oh, um, yeah, it's cool. it's got, you know, it's once in a lifetime experience to do things like that. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be back in the States and, and love it here in Monterey, but uh, yeah. you know, cherish those memories that I have from, from the time working and teaching abroad. Have you curious about uh, being bilingual, which um, I'm assuming your Spanish is still quite strong, um, being that you teach international at an international school as well? Do you do you work with uh, Spanish speaking clients? Are you able to? Are you fluent enough to be able to to meet their needs? Yeah, uh, you know the the interesting thing about my Spanish was I I never really did much you know formal formal schooling where I had you know vocabulary and verbs and practice like that. So most of the Spanish that I knew was more conversational. Sure. Um, but when I came back here, uh, that was certainly an area, you know, I wanted to be able to, to work with Spanish speaking students, you know, parents that were Spanish speaking. Uh, and it's certainly something that I try to incorporate into my business, uh, working with uh, Spanish speaking clients who are looking to purchase homes. Uh, it was certainly a, a bit of a learning process to learn all of the specific vocabulary in Spanish when it comes to, you know, mortgages and, and buying homes and the contract and things like that. But uh, yeah, certainly feel comfortable working with, with Spanish speaking uh, clients. And there's a lot of people in the area that are looking to purchase uh, homes, whether it's, you know, here in Monterey or, or other, you know, the surrounding towns that, that are Spanish speakers. Yeah, what a what a great tool to have uh, as well to be able to communicate with you know non natively English speaking uh, people. Um, 
But what I am most interested in learning about is this amazing niche that you've carved out. And I know it's not exclusive to your business. You do other things too. But uh, my mom was a teacher, so I can I can really appreciate uh, appreciate the the struggle of this, which is. An, Toby had a very unique struggle, or, or sorry, not you particularly, but but teachers in the Monterey area. And if you've ever been to the Monterey County area, you know just how beautiful and gorgeous and expensive it is. Um, the challenge, of course, being how do teachers live there and continue to work there? And apparently um, there's a real issue in that county to keep teachers there because it's just so cost prohibitive. Um, and you decided to, uh, to sort of look into that and figure out how do we reduce turnover? How do we keep these teachers you know, happy in their homes here and, you know, being able to live, uh, you know, within their means um, in an area where I wouldn't think most of us could live within our means. I think that is such a, an interesting problem, but it's, it's a problem that I've never heard talked about. And I love the fact that, that that's your niche. Should you mind just giving us a little primer on sort of what the problem is and, and how you've uh, started working with, with um, clients to solve it? Yeah, absolutely. So when I first came back to Monterey, uh, it was my 10th year of teaching. So I actually, you know, started there's there's steps for teachers where, you know, each year your your salary will will go up. And I was on step 10 being my 10th year as a teacher. And, you know, being new to the area, I was renting a one bedroom apartment, uh, not, you know, anything that was extravagant. Uh, and, the salary that I was earning was not enough money for me to, to live here. I yeah. was losing you know, hundreds of dollars every month just on, on cost of living. And so, um, you know, I knew it was something that wouldn't be sustainable for me moving forward, which was, uh, you know, in part why I switched back uh, into working with real estate. And uh, when I started real estate, a lending partner of mine who I've, I've worked with almost exclusively for the last, uh, you know, three or four years, uh, I mentioned to him that this was something that I was really passionate about wanting to, to help teachers. Uh, teacher turnover is a, a, a serious problem when it comes to, you know, student learning, sure. uh, you know, staff, uh, you know, getting to know one another, getting to know the, the curriculum. It's difficult for teachers. It's difficult for administration. Uh, so it's really an impacts the entire community. So uh, when I was speaking with my, my lending partner, I mentioned to him, you know, I'd, I'd love to be able to do something that can help teachers afford to live around here. And uh, there was, uh, unfortunately, due to COVID, uh, the, the funding's not available, but there was a down payment assistance program that was available for uh, teachers, firefighters, police officers in the entire state of California. And it was something that I, as a teacher, had never heard of. Uh, none of my friends who were teachers and my former colleagues had ever heard of it. Uh, so I kind of made it my mission and my goal uh, to share this information out with people who are interested in purchasing homes. Uh, and that's kind of how I started here in real estate was working primarily with teachers. And, uh, you know, I still is a big part of, of the business and clients that I like to work with and, and help because, uh, you know, I'm a former teacher and I, and I am passionate about helping people in that field, which I think, you know, really connects to and relates uh, with my clients. Yeah, it really, it really does. Um, and I imagine that had to be a really interesting moment um, to hear from a lender something that you as a teacher had never heard. And also your colleagues uh, in, in that in, in the education profession didn't know about either, or at least 
the ones you spoke to didn't weren't as familiar. And I suspect a lot of the agents of the realtors in your area also probably are somewhat unfamiliar with, um, which is like such a great opportunity to educate customers um, or clients, future customers about sort of what this is and how this works. And I, I've always said that well, I'm not, it's not something, a brilliant thought I've come up with, but I, I've said a lot on the show and, and other agents have, have said the same thing is you really need a great lending partner because if you have a great relationship with somebody who's really comprehensive and, and knows, uh, sort of knows their, 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 the different options for financing, oftentimes agents are just not as up to date on, on those, some of those, you know, different um, grants and, and, and different programs that make it affordable for veterans, or in this case, you know, teachers, which you said, you know, at the moment is, is not being offered because of COVID, but, um, you know, so how did you then, so, but you still have an education problem, right? You still have, how do I get people to know about this, right? Because they don't know what they don't know. So how did you go about educating the educators about this program? What was sort of the, the process there of saying, Hey, there's this thing that you don't know about that exists. Um, what was the what was the way that you were able to share that information? Yeah, so I tried to incorporate my you know past and in, in history as a teacher, and I started doing a home buying seminar for educators. And uh, I was lucky enough to to get connected with uh, Monterey Schools, and the the superintendent and the communications director there were fantastic, uh, and they are passionate about helping their teachers and, sure. and keeping good teachers in the area too. Uh, so we started doing about every three months, three or four months, we do a, a home buying seminar uh, and it's for the entire Monterey staff. And uh, so I started with the lender that I mentioned, the two of us do the, the, uh, the presentation together. I do more so the real estate side, you know, talking about the difficulties with increasing rents around here, uh, increasing costs of homes. They've gone up about, you know, eight to 10% a year since 2008. Oh, uh, and last year they went up about 30%. So, uh, you incredible. know, if you look at the, the rising cost of homes and then also the rising cost of rent every month, uh, you know, it is one of those kind of, you know, you're, you're in trouble in both directions, right? Because, yeah. you know, the cost of rent might be, uh, you know, cost prohibitive if it keeps going up. And then, you know, a number of years from now, uh, teaching salaries don't often keep pace with, with the cost of living. So right. uh, I more so did the real estate side of it. And then my lending partner, uh, as you mentioned, so important. I think it's the most important uh, partnership that you can have as a realtor uh, to be able to share that if you're we're working with buyers. Uh, and so he did the lending side of it, you know, talked about how do you get yourself pre-approved? You know, what's that process look like? And we were shocked to find out the number of people that came to our seminar who just assumed that they couldn't afford to buy a home that they had, oh they had, of course yeah yeah that they had they had never gone through the pre-approval process to see if they could afford to buy a home so sure uh you know our message there typically is our we would encourage you to just go through the pre-approval process see if you you know have the proper credit score enough money for a down payment uh, and, you know, for many of the teachers who we've worked with, if it's a, you know, single teacher, dual income, you know, two teachers working together, or maybe it's one teacher, you know, who is, is partners with somebody who's a, not a teacher, um, you know, a lot of those people left the seminars with the confidence that, yeah, this is something that we've wanted for a long time and, and we can make it happen. And it, it really, what I'm so impressed with is you identified a problem 
that was even greater than the teachers themselves finding housing, which of course is the most obvious problem. But this actually is a bigger problem even for administration, who now has to constantly hire, restaff, reteach the you know processes of, of a particular school district or, or school itself. And you're able to come to them and say, I think I might be able to help you with your problem and at the same time help teachers with housing, their own housing problems. And, you know, I, I could only imagine that those kind of phone calls to set, be able to say, hey, can I come into, you know, the school or this district and, and do these seminars? Um, that's a pretty attractive offer for, you know, the administration to hear. They're like, oh, good. Somebody's on our side. Somebody's helping us versus I am sure you are not the first realtor to ever call them and say, I would love to do a first time homebuyer seminar for your teachers. I think with your particular background and also you're solving even a, you know, a, a different problem and on top of housing for teachers is keeping them wanting to stay in the area. Uh, I imagine that that had to be pretty well received um, by administration or, or am I wrong? And you had to sort of, you know, keep knocking on the door until they let you in. Yeah, it was a little bit of both. So for, for Monterey schools, the response from the superintendent and the communication director was almost immediate. I think I got an email back and, you know, 10 minutes later and they said, yes, we've been looking for something like this for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, you know, we do care about the well-being of our teachers outside of just the profession, right? It's, you know, you have to be able to live here. You have to be able to afford to live here. Uh, it's not just a matter of, you know, going to work every day or you're going to find a different profession or you're going to find somewhere else to live, right? So um, it was a win-win situation in the fact that, you know, it was a benefit to the teachers to, to learn about this. It was a benefit to the school district to, you know, start doing the seminar and show, you know, this is something that we care about. We're looking out for our teachers. Uh, it was also beneficial to me as a, as a new realtor to kind of have, you know, a group of people to, to get in front of and, and share my story. And, uh, you know, I kind of speak teacher, if you will. Um, and so I think it, it, you know, it helped to, to be a former teacher and say, you know, I, I get it. I was in your shoes four years ago and, and thinking, can I afford to ever buy a house here? Can I afford to live here? Uh, you know, do I need to find a different area to live, a different job to do? Um, and, you know, being a teacher, it's helpful to be able to explain this, you know, to other teachers and, and you know, help them understand the process too. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I have reached out to a lot of the districts in the area, not just uh, Monterey, since I, I, you know, I do uh, serve some of the other areas. And uh, that was, that's been a bit more of a, a challenge and a struggle, um, you sure. know, they're not getting responses or, you know, following up, you know, five to 10 times before I hear back from somebody. Uh, and there was actually um, somebody whose role, uh, I won't mention the the school district, but their role, uh, it, the title is teacher retention. And uh, <laughs> I, I reached out to him and I said, uh, hey, you know, we have this program that's been really successful for Monterey. We'd love to to run it in your district too. Uh, and the response that I got back was, no, thanks, not interested. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's, I think, you know, if people see the the benefit of it and how it's, you know, looking out for teachers, um, uh, but sometimes people just kind of get stuck in the in the day-to-day, -day, right? And they're, they're very busy. Teachers are very busy. Administration, sure. you know, they're very busy too. Sure. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've tried to reach out to, to a lot of different districts and, uh, you know, I, I wish it was something that, you know, every district all across California had. Well, and this problem isn't specifically, you know, regulated to or relegated rather to just 
educators, right? There's a lot of different professions that, uh, you know, are going to struggle with a similar issue, which is how do we keep our employees here, um, you know, close enough to where they are willing to commute in um, to where they can still have a, a decent standard of living. And, oh yeah, we happen to be in this like super, uh, you know, expensive county. Um, so for all of our listeners who think, well, I'm, I'm not a former teacher and, um, you know, I don't have this particular situation that I could really solve for. Oh, there's lots of professions that have this problem. Um, and, you know, this is something that, you know, you, what, what, what I would encourage, and I'm sorry to interject in the middle of uh, Toby doing such a great job, but I would encourage you to talk to some lending partners and really say, hey, what programs exist out out there right now that um, would help, you know, people who who might not maybe buy their first home, who, you know, might be in, experiencing some sort of challenge, whether it's financial or social or whatever, um, really educating yourself. I mean, that's how you became educated about this. And then you were able to, to say, oh, there's an opportunity here to, to solve for this problem. Um, but, you know, and, and you also live that problem as well. So I just, I love the fact that you've done this. And, you know, sadly that, that program, I guess, is, is, is not currently being offered, um, but it still does apply to this idea of, of first-time home buyers. And, you know, look, I'm sure everyone listening would love to just do million dollar listings all day. And, and um, of course, who wouldn't? Uh, but um, if that isn't your, you know, current situation and you are looking to work with renters that, may become buyers. Um, I've always thought that what a great opportunity, even if you're, even if the person is only renting for the next however many years, um, being their guide through the rental process and helping them find apartments that are suitable for their needs, but also help get them closer to that goal of home ownership. Um, do you, do you do uh, rentals as well now? Or are you predominantly just in this on the sales side? Yeah, my office is almost exclusively sales. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I do have people that that reach out to me, or you know, people from seminar or other teachers that uh, you know the school that I used to work at. Sometimes they'll reach out to me and say, "Hey, we have a new teacher uh, coming to town," and and I'm happy to share uh, you know my ideas and information with them. Um, and you know, but I, I think you know you were talking about the idea of listeners, right? Of you know, I'm you know maybe not many people that listen to the show are former teachers, but um, you know, to your point of the idea of finding a niche, I think yeah. that a lot of people who are realtors, there are some people who go straight into real estate outside of uh, high school and college, but a lot of people that are in the industry did something previously. So yeah. if you're a former you know, nurse, uh, firefighter, police officer, teacher, whatever it is, uh, trying to, if you are interested in in setting up, you know, a niche and a group of people that that you care about and you you really want to help them, um, you know, trying to find out, you know, what is that group of people and and how do I connect with them and and how do I you know share this information with them um, and you know the area that I live in, uh, there's many homes that are here that are multi-million dollar homes. And uh, there's so many realtors here that work with, you know, higher end clients and they'd like to do a, a couple of sales a year with some, some more expensive homes. And uh, for me, I would rather help, you know, 10 teachers buy a $600,000 house than, uh, you know, sell one $6 million house. Cause uh, you know, I just connect better with, with teachers. And I think, um, you know, while I do work with people outside of teachers too, uh, you know, it's easier just to, to relate and, uh, you know, you, you feel something additional when you see somebody getting the keys to their first house and, and it's, Th that they might not have thought was ever a possibility. Exactly. 
Yeah. I, I come from the, uh, the IT world in particular around healthcare. Um, I worked at a, I, I worked at a, a firm before being in real estate where I was, you know, t-shirts and shorts and sandals kind of company. And it was a lot of young people and I was there for many years and we had um, about 150 people there, most of which were under 30. Um, even the owners were just in their early thirties at the time. And it was a kind of a young hip tech company that did not pay particularly well to younger, um, you know, right out of college graduates. So most of the work staff was, the workforce was in the probably mid twenties, I would say. And they were, they were compensated. I mean, I don't know everyone's compensation, but they seem to be compensated. Okay. But, but they certainly weren't, you know, earning a premium to work there. Um, and I can't remember anyone ever coming into our office and saying, hey, I, we want to do a seminar about buying a home. It just wasn't even something I would have thought about um, because I didn't know it was even an option. And so if you're listening and thinking, well, like Toby was saying, everyone has, not everyone, but a lot of our listeners are going to have either previous careers or we know people in other careers. And you can talk to you, you know, if you don't have a, a, an opportunity, like what I would do if I were practicing real estate. I mean, I've been doing this long enough to where no, I think I still would do it today. If I was, if I was actually practicing real estate, first call I would make would be to my former company. Um, and I would call every other tech firm that I am familiar with in the space that I, we played in. And I would say, Hey, um, I want to help your employees, you know, and this will help possibly stickiness with your company because uh, Chicago is also a relatively expensive place to live. So, you know, this, this would be the path to home ownership. Nobody ever did that at the firm I was at. And we had 150 people there. And I guarantee our HR director would have said, that would be awesome. Come in, do a lunch because it makes her in this case, it would, uh, it may, would make her look good to the company too, that she's bringing in this value. So um, I don't want to harp on this, uh, not harp. I don't want to step on this too much, but I really think there's a huge lesson here you know, whatever your background is. And if you, if you went into real estate, you know, straight, you know, from when you became an adult and you don't have a particular past, talk to your friends, um, talk to uh, other clients and say, Hey, you know, do you think there's an opportunity for me to, to do some education for people in your field? Do you think people would be interested in that? What are the problems they're facing? Um, and then you'll, you'll, and then talk to a lender and say, Hey, do you have any things to, to address these problems? Um, so Anyway, I think we've made that point, point, but I am so impressed with, with you. And, and we should also Thank mention, you. by the way, how difficult it is to be a realtor in Monterey, California. Toby <laughs> was sharing this uh, but before before we got uh, we went live. This is incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible uh, in, in an unfortunate way, so to speak. Um, but, but it is truly remarkable. It is just, just such a bizarre area of the country and such a beautiful area. But there are how many homes sold a year and how many realtors in, in Monterey? Yeah. So the year that I started, there was 1400 home sales and 1500 licensed realtors. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not Matt Damon from Goodwill hunting, but, uh, if you, if you do that math, it, uh, it doesn't add up very well. Um, and especially since, you know, some of the top producers are probably selling, you know, 20 to 30 homes a year. Right. So, um, yeah, I got to think that a large portion or percentage of realtors are doing zero to one sale a year. Maybe they represent sure. themselves in purchases or just work exclusively with friends and family. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a difficult market. There's a lot of people that are looking for, you know, selling the five, $10 million home. Uh, so that's a, an area and a market that's, that's pretty flooded, um, you know, in, in here, right. Everybody's trying to, to connect with those, with those buyers and sellers. Um, so yeah, I think sometimes people get drawn into the idea of, 
well, look at the commission that I could earn from a $5 oh, sure. million dollar house, right? <laughs> and then once they get into it, right? I mean, my first six months, I, I did one sale, right? So it's just, yeah. it's uh, it's pretty difficult to, to get started. And every single realtor, you know, says the things like, oh, I love where I live, which I do love Monterey. And, the, you know, every realtor says I'm the hardest working realtor, which, you know, I am the hardest working realtor here in Monterey. But sure. um, I, I that's why I tried to find that niche to your point is, you know, something that would be separate and, and differentiate me from from other realtors in a market where it's 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 very flooded. And it's also the market you're going after is also a really smart market, in addition to all of the problems it solves, or sorry, all the solutions that you're offering to solve for these problems. But it's also a market that other realtors are probably ignoring um, because of the just sort of the, you know, the the demographics of your area. So it's it's really just I'm so impressed with it all the way around because it's really Thank going you. going into something that solves a lot of great a lot of problems in a really productive positive way and it's also there's not as much competition I'm guessing in the sense of, you know, teachers probably aren't getting a lot of those, you know, opportunities to, to learn about, about home ownership. Um, so wow, I, I, I'm so impressed with this. Well, um, Toby, tell, uh, let's talk uh, before we totally get off the idea of, of, of the sort of helping teachers thing, I would love just to explain to our audience, you know, what those numbers were. So you said, Hey, in your first six months, you really did one sale, which I think is still pretty impressive. But once you did your first teacher seminar, can you tell us about sort of what happened after that? Yeah, so the first six months, I uh, only did did one sale and was you know working nights at a at a restaurant and a bar um, as many realtors do when they're first starting out, and then yeah, I think around six months in might have been when I did the first seminar uh, with, with the lender, and uh, the first seminar was was very. Uh, you know, not, not very well attended. I think we had 12 RSVP and maybe two showed up in the end. <laughs> sure. Uh, and <laughs> then the second one that I did actually uh, was the most uh, attended seminar and we had 70 people that attended. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were quite surprised. I don't think we had enough seating uh, where, where we, <laughs> where we had initially planned for. Um, so yeah. And then, so my, this, the six months after that, uh, I did ended up doing four sales, which were wow. all as a result of the seminar. Uh, and then the year after that, uh, ended up doing, uh, nine sales, uh, which, um, you know, were a combination mostly, mostly ended up being from the seminar, but some from, you know, open houses and, Sure. Uh, from referrals and things like that. And then, uh, you know, in 2021, it's the first um, six, seven months of the year, I've, I've ended up uh, 14 sales that are either wow. uh, sold or, or, or in contract right now. Congratulations. And again, we're in a, you're in an, uh, you're in a market where there are a very finite number of homes and an almost infinite number of realtors. So it's, it's the average realtor is doing less than one deal a year. And it's not like, well, there's 40,000 realtors and half of them are just doing it for, no, there's only 1500 you know, for 1500 realtors. So it is a very, I mean, that is really incredible. Um, so congratulations on that success. And I just, thank you. I just think you just perfectly hit so many of the things that as a marketer, I'm impressed with 
Um, but just, you know, you identified problems, you came up with a unique solution, anyone after people that, you know, are largely being uh, ignored, um, you know, in the realtor space and you're creating solutions for them. But of course you don't only work with, with educators, you work with, you know, all, all different uh, types of, of people. Um, but, you know, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, sort of how your business has evolved, right? So I know you were, you were doing seminars, um, obviously maybe, are you still doing seminars? Cause I know that the funding program has changed, um, but are you still doing, is, are, are seminars still a, a big part of sort of your, you know, your, your presentation to, to the public? Yeah, we, we still are, have been doing seminars uh, via Zoom uh, the sure. last, the last year. So yeah, we still do one about every, every three or four months. And I think the thing that I've learned this, this last year and a half with, with COVID uh, is that if you're a realtor, you really have to find multiple sources uh, of generating business, right? Because if you're somebody who almost exclusively relied on open houses or door knocking, right. or, you know, a lot of those in-person <laughs> That's changed. Things, yeah, yeah. That you're not, you know, nobody's answering the door during the middle of a global pandemic. So right. um, yeah, I think you really just need to diversify uh, what you're doing. I don't think that you should, you know, there's a hundred different options that you could do as a realtor to try to generate clients. Uh, I don't think that you should, you know, choose too many. Uh, I think that you don't want to be, uh, you know, a jack of, of all trades and a master of none. Um, I, I would recommend choosing, you know, three to five sources that are going to be uh, your areas uh, of generating business. And, you know, some of it needs to be the in-person, whether it's, you know, open houses, uh, door knocking, seminars, you know, what, whatever the situation might be uh, for doing face-to-face. -face, and if you will, maybe the, you know, older versions of, of real estate, if you will, that, uh, you know, were kind of the only options in the, in the, you know, 1980s or 1990s. Sure. Uh, but then also trying to diversify and, and whether it's through social media, you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, you know, whatever it is that you're choosing to do, I think that you need to pick three to five that you really enjoy doing, you're passionate about, you're consistent with it. And it's something that, uh, you know, allows for you to, if there is a time when you can't do open houses, well, then you can lean into those other sources. Um, and, you know, I think if you're just only focusing on one area, maybe you're somebody that has a lot of expenses every month, you, you know, pay five, $10,000 into Zillow a month, or, you know, some of those other sources, right? Like that, uh, it can really put a lot of pressure on a realtor to try to do a certain number of sales every month. And if you're, if you're not able to do that, then, you know, that's why there's such, speaking of high turnover with teachers, there's, there's such high turnover when it comes to, to real estate agents. Yeah, it's, it, that is very, very true. It's, it's, it's a tough position um, where you have to basically uh, run every part of the business and be a realtor as well. And it, now there are some firms that, you know, help offset some of those responsibilities, but most of the agents I talk to, regardless of the firm that they work at end up doing, you know, 95% of the job themselves, because that's the nature of the job. And, and client acquisition is, is arguably the most challenging uh, part for, for probably all of the listeners or, you know, unless they're really at a high level and then they have other types of problems. Um, but 
I, I think you're right is picking, picking a few avenues that you're excited and passionate about is, and that solves a real problem. Um, and, you know, we would all love for the phone to just ring with referrals all day. And, and certainly once you get to a certain level uh, of your business, hopefully that, that, that happens, but until that time, uh, or maybe you never stop prospecting. I'm not sure, but, uh, seems to be that most of the agents I talk to, no matter how successful they are, never stop prospecting. But the idea of really figuring out, you know, how do I make this work is, is a challenge. Um, and that's why we're, we're so grateful to have somebody like you on who really solved a very difficult problem for yourself. In addition to the, you know, the problem is, okay, this is not a very realtor friendly area. This is a difficult spot to, to stake your claim and, and to be, to build a business because there's just not a whole lot of, uh, of property to, to go around and a lot of competition. And you in a way sort of created your own market, which I think is really couldn't be overstated. I think that is a really, really important point is you decided to create something that solved a whole bunch of problems that were, like we said earlier, kind of maybe being ignored or just not even really known uh, by the realtor community in your area. So uh, I could not be more impressed with 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 <laughs> you. And and we should also mention, by the way, again, we've talked a lot about uh, you know Toby's you know working with with educators. He of course works with all sorts of different buyers, sellers, uh, and also can offer some some uh, some guidance there with with renters. Um, but we've also should mention that you have another challenge, and this is not as unique to your area, but certainly. Uh, boy, this is an uh, really a, a big number. Is that Monterey has appreciated uh, the what about thirty percent on average? Is that was that right? Do I have that right in the last twelve months? Yeah, it was close to thirty percent since mm. since last year, and uh, since the uh, since two thousand and eight, homes have gone up about eight to ten percent a year. So, um, yeah, I mean, last year obviously very unique uh, market and interesting. Um, real estate market all across the country. Uh, Monterey seemed to be an area where there was so many buyers moving from San Francisco, San Jose, Los Angeles, uh, that were able to work from home and maybe wanted to be a place with some more outdoors activities. Uh, and so there was, uh, I think the last you know, four or five buyers that I've worked with have been from San Jose, San Francisco, or sure. Los Angeles, because uh, it seemed like a lot of the the people that were moving to San Francisco and San Jose and doing, uh, you know, cash offers over asking price, you know, 10 offers on a house. Uh, we're starting to see that in Monterey. Hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, you have people that now are more mobile because of the work at home experience that so many companies to hear me. Um, so okay. apologize. Yeah, no, you're good. Oh, there <laughs> you are. We're back. Great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, Zoom, I was just, right? Well, yeah, gosh. So thanks. Uh, we Toby <laughs> will uh, just Kate went out for about 10 seconds there. Um, but it's perfect timing because we were actually going to wrap up. But what I would like to to let all of our listeners know, um, whether you're a realtor or in a different profession, um, obviously, uh, hopefully this has been helpful for you. Um, our, our listeners, but also we want to mention that if you are uh, somebody that is wanting to work with the hardest working realtor in Monterey, which is Toby, uh, what is the best way that somebody can reach out to you, whether they're looking to buy, sell, rent, invest? Uh, what's the best uh, means of communication with you? 
Yeah. I, so I tried to make it easy. Pretty much everything uh, that I have, whether it's my website, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, it's all just living in Monterey, California. So the website's uh, livinginmontereycalifornia.com. And that's my YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram too. Uh, if you want, you can send me an email at uh, toby, T-O-B-Y dot Fernie, F-E-R-N-I-E at gmail.com. Um, I do, you know, often have clients that are looking in other parts of the country too. Uh, I used to live in the Midwest and the East Coast. So uh, quite a few people that I do uh, connect with there for, for referrals. And so if you have uh, anybody that's uh, moving to the area, be uh, be happy to, to help them out as best as I can. Awesome. Well, find Toby on his website. Again, that's livinginmontereycalifornia.com or you can email him at toby.fernie and that's F-E-R-N-I-E at gmail.com. Sorry, I think I said Tony instead of Toby. Toby.fernie <laughs> right. uh, at, uh, yeah, at gmail.com. We'll of course put those in the, the show notes. Toby, thank you so much. Uh, this was such a, a fun interview uh, for me. Personally, I, I got really uh, charged up um, with this particular uh, conversation because of you're just such a unique, really such a unique um, uh, uh, realtor. And, and we're so grateful to have you on the show. And, and as your star continues to rise, um, I am sure uh, we would love to have you back at some point to talk about how things continue to evolve uh, in your business and in your clients' lives. So uh, thank you so much on behalf of the audience. Thank you for your time. We know how busy and it is right now for realtors, so especially uh, somebody like yourself who's done so many sales this year. It's just so impressive. Um, so thank you for that. And also on behalf of Toby and myself, uh, we want to thank all of our listeners and viewers for continuing to support our show. Please tell a friend, think of one other realtor that could benefit from listening or watching our show and send them a link. Easiest way is just send them to our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com. You can stream every episode we've ever done right there, or just pull up a podcast app, have them search for keeping it real, hit the subscribe button. Toby, thank you so much. And pleasure, we pleasure will... to be here. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate, appreciate you having me and uh, I'd be happy to come on uh, again anytime. Awesome. And thanks to everyone. We will see you on the next episode. Thanks, Toby. Thanks.